The following is a conversation between Daryl Brewster, Chief Executive Officer of CECP, and Denver Frederick, the host of The Business of Giving. Leadership has never been as important as it is now, nor has the engagement of the private sector to help lift the country out of the worst crisis that, well, most of us have ever seen. Those two intersect at CECP, Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose, and it's a pleasure to have with us their Chief Executive Officer, Daryl Brewster. Welcome back to the Business of Giving, Daryl. Thank you very much, Denver, and it is a pleasure to be here during these, these difficult times and wish to you and yours and all of your listeners, we hope, hope they're, they're doing well and uh, managing in these, uh, these really unprecedented times that you described. For sure. During this pandemic, you know, you could actually temporarily change your name to Chief Executives for Common Purpose because we are truly all in this together. But with that said, what is the role of corporate purpose right now? Yeah, I think the, the, the purpose, uh, the opportunity for corporate purpose now is to really step up with the resources that they have, the uh, opportunity to innovate, to collaborate, to really help address both our, cur our current challenges. Well, we kind of are starting to call phase one, right? How do we really get the ventilators produced, get the masks out? And we're seeing a group come together of corporations as we have not seen since really the, probably the Second World War. Um, mm -hmm. Companies have stepped up. And these are companies that are doing this voluntarily, really stepping up to really make an impact in where they can add value. While we find others getting ready for what I think will be phase two, a recovery, and ideally a phase three, which may be a resorting of, of, of the notion and the reinforcement of stakeholder capitalism. Yeah. Let me pick up on something you just said there, because you said the companies are stepping up voluntarily. So do you believe that the private sector is being fully leveraged? By the government as much as it could be during this crisis? Yeah, I think we're starting, unfortunately, from a standing start, right? Mm. We were unprepared as a nation or a world for this, despite the Bill Gates uh, TED Talk of a few years ago, which is you know, online, people can take a look at. We knew this was coming, right? Something yeah. like this. Uh, this was out there, and the lack of preparation at the federal level, state level, not only in the U.S., but, but more broadly, you know, put us in a spot where we're really in a total reactive mode. And we think that as we really build a sustainable society, a sustainable world, we need to be ready for these things. Some things are totally unpredictable. Unfortunately, this one wasn't. That yeah. said, once the call came out and we understood what this issue was, and even before I think some of the clarity came from from, from certain you know, governmental officials, businesses were beginning to step up in providing the PPE, on doing the testings around vaccines, which is going to take a time, and also addressing the challenges of their own uh, workforces and communities. And it's happening in, in real time and unfolding in front of us. Yeah. Daryl, an interesting observation I saw the other day was from Mark Cuban. And what he said is that how companies treat their employees and by extension, their communities, their customers, supply chain, and investors is going to define their brand for the next decade. Can you share with us what you've been seeing in this regard and maybe some examples of what companies are doing? Yeah, no, I think it's a fair point and, and very similar to the recent Edelman research results out. Companies will be known by how they respond to this. Mm -hmm. And those that are stepping up, I think, will be ultimately rewarded with their employee engagement and 
with their consumers and the support of their communities. And I think many are, and, and others that aren't and are seen as not being sensitive to the situation, I think we'll, we'll, we'll see the opposite. First, I do think we have to realize companies are in very different situations. Everybody is affected by this, but in different ways. And a lot we found has to do with your consumer proposition. In reality, if you are making toilet tissue, everybody wants you. I mean, you, you have never seen this <laughs> yeah, kind of demand sure. rising. You know, whether it's soup, or center of store products, healthcare, et cetera, those companies can't make enough. They've had to really improve and innovate in their supply chain and others. But there are other industries. Uh, the travel industry, for instance, as talking with one of our CEOs called up, literally his revenue has gone to zero. No business and was you know, a terrific company, a really strong CEO, zero debt on the books, but had to furlough his workers. There literally was nothing there, but how he did it also mattered. He took a pay cut. He's really wrestling through that. So I think you know, even if you have to make those tough choices because of the industry you were in, how you handle that really does make a difference and, and matters. Uh, and companies in different ways in sort of collaborative efforts on you know, treatment for COVID between companies like Regeneron and, and Sanofi you know, are, are great examples. You know, Target is, and many other retailers are opening stores with different types of hours to serve customers at different age groups who might be more and less vulnerable. You know, Marriott's another example of a company that's hit so hard in the hotel industry, but their CEO, Arnest Sardinson, along with many other CEOs, took a pay cut. Um, also, Oscar Munez at, at, at United, same thing during that piece and that if you're going to have to make tough calls uh, with your employees, you got to make tough calls with yourselves as well. We're also seeing a number of examples with how companies are addressing and supporting their communities as well. Yeah. Also on that Edelman survey, I saw that with all that information out there right now, the most credible source for uh, people working at companies is their employer communications. Are you surprised by that? Well, I think your podcast is probably number one, but that's definitely the number two answer. Uh, well, probably not until we yeah. air you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we are seeing, and we've seen this in past Edelman research results. Richard Edelman, as part of our CCP board, has had a huge influence on what we do and how we work with our companies. And we've seen this notion of your business, your employer being really a trusted media source. And I think that really rises today. And I think companies that are doing a good job of it and those that I'm working with across CECP, some of the boards that I sit on, I'm, I'm seeing really some extraordinary efforts by CEOs, many of whom were not in that position during the last downturn, mm -hmm. but are really stepping up in a very personal way, in an empathetic way. I, I like you know, one of the, the, the Edelman terms is CEO, maybe its future term should be chief empathy officer. Yeah, um, but really communicating and sharing information. Unfortunately, with the way our broad media is and the political environment, groups that we traditionally would have trusted to provide information often has a bit of a, a tinge to it. Whereas I think companies are just dealing with the real world that we're in and sharing insights and updates in a credible, science-based, clear fashion with companies as that information becomes clear. So I, I, at one level, it's incredibly sur su surprising that this is the most trusted source. The number of other news people, um, friends with Katie Couric, and she's like, how can companies be most trusted? Well, because <laughs> media is not. Um, yeah, as simple as, as that. As much as it had been. And uh, so I, I, I'm in some ways pleased. That said, 
It is a higher expectation for companies, and they cannot let that down. And yeah. uh, I'm glad to see many companies are. There's a few that have been less sensitive to it, but hopefully they're, they're getting back in line pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Let's pick up on what you said a moment ago about uh, you're working with some CEOs and, and things of that nature. What is CECP doing right now for its coalition? And how have you adapted to continue to deliver against your mission, Daryl, in the midst of this disruption? Yeah, great questions. We've really looked at a four-part strategy for CECP as we go forward. And within that, I'll talk about how we're working with our companies. Mm -hmm. Number one was we just needed to take care of our own team and make sure they were in good shape. We have moved like so many other organizations to a totally virtual group. We had been piloting that. Many of our people were already virtual and that has worked quite well. Our team's done a really strong job on the technology. I just learned how to put set up teams on my computer and using Zoom and the other platforms to make sure we're really communicating well. We did a, a week where everybody sent a selfie of them you know, at working at home. This week we had a, a, a once around the table where we shared their own situation. And we do have people. We have people whose spouses have tested positive. We have people who've lost good friends of, of their families and, and others in this situation. Mm -hmm. So it is touching close to home since you know, so many of our people are in, that, in, in the New York area. But that was, was number one. Second, which was you know, pretty quick, is we moved all of our events. We had a number of events coming up in the coming weeks to become virtual with our group. And we are operating as a virtual organization here for, for the foreseeable future. And the team is doing, I think, really a, a, a remarkable job with that, building our skills so that you know, webinars aren't the same old boring things. They can be even better and more informative and inspirational as we go forward. The third and perhaps one of our most important areas is we're, all, we're in the business of empowering our companies to drive sustainable business success you know, through positive social impact, you know, to companies to be a force for good in the world. And what we've done is really push that into two areas with our corporate leaders, the corporate citizenship, CSR executives. We have a number of programs that are going on. We've done surveys to see how they're doing, number one. We are setting up and providing a list of all of what other companies are doing to be able to share those best practices. We're categorizing those between by stakeholders so people can see what others are doing. We're all learning in real time during this. We've also set up webinars and sessions with companies by industry and by topic to go through the challenges that they are, are, are looking at. We had one last week with a number of healthcare companies. We've also had them on food access areas and those discussions have been very powerful discussions people want to learn they also want to be heard and share what they're doing so we really need to do this in a, in a real-time basis with the, the corporate leaders that we work with and we're now our annual summit i think you've been at in the past uh, denver we are now evolving that for may uh, moving from a few-day session to things that are much that will work for what companies are doing and listening to what companies really want at this stage, which is they're not traveling in. So how do we make those as productive as possible? With CEOs, we also have a strategy which is underway. Again, sharing those best practices, trying to add value. We're likely not going to have the solution, what I'll call phase one solutions for how companies are determining their supply chain, things like that. But we're, what we're looking to do is really encourage innovation, encourage collaboration between companies and really have an opportunity for companies to be purpose-driven leaders. So finding highlights of that, which we're, we're sharing. Uh, one will be, we've been talking with is the CEO of a major energy company, a utility company based in Detroit, who in 2007, 2008, 
you know, faced some similar issues, didn't have the health concerns on this, but it was a downturn and DT Energy, Jerry Anderson, they were facing what the rest of the country was going to see. If you can imagine that, that, that time frame. I think the song on the air was, they're still driving limos in New York town, not, not happening these days, but while Detroit is burning down. Yeah. He had that issue. His CFO comes in and says, look, Jerry, uh, we got to take out about 20, 30% of employees and we should be fine. We'll, we'll manage through it. He said, no, we're going to keep everybody and we're going to get them more engaged. And he did it. Bold move. You know, it's the, the path less uh, travel bot and it worked. His company got engaged. They went from a bot. He had just taken over CEO from bottom engagement to top engagement. They made their budgets and they delivered the service to their customers, the energy customers throughout the Detroit area. And it played a key role in the renaissance of, of, of Detroit. So we want to offer those kinds of examples that how you manage this thing, looking for opportunities, engaging your employees can just be so powerful at these times. And then lots of individual calls with CEOs in these very different situations and helping them think through ways they can really have a positive impact. Yeah, you know, listening to you speak there, I get this sense that you're going to make lemonade out of lemons. And some of these changes that you're initiating now because of the circumstances, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some of them stuck once we return to a semblance of normal. Would that be right? We're hoping that's the case, yeah, that this is the time, as you mentioned, when, when, the, when the tide is low, as Warren Buffett says, we see who has the, the swim trunks on and who doesn't. But, but this is the time when it's an opportunity to step up. And if you didn't have the trunks on, maybe you can get them uh, you know, from, from, <laughs> from the shore and help yourself to do that. We also work with country partners around the world. We have 18 of those. And one of the most difficult and yet heartening calls we had was with our Italian country partners. Mm. So remember, whatever we're going through, Italy got there first in this yeah. time. And our, our partners there are called the Dinamo Group. They have an annual event, which they're, they're going to do virtual. We're helping them invite people in because now all of a sudden – People who couldn't have traveled to Italy can now, now participate in that. They have been you know, uh, sequestered at home for you know, several more weeks than we have. But there was, and they've lost lots of people um, as, as, as we're going through. But the spirit there was great. And what, what their, their line was, no, we're turning lemons into lemoncello. That's where we need to go <laughs> as, as we move forward. So as only the Italians can do. But that's, I think, where we're really, you know, those who, of us who are, are not affected, who have the opportunity this is how we're going to be judged. Did we make a difference during yeah. these, these incredibly difficult times? Let me ask you a personal question, and that sure. is being a leader in a crisis like this. What has your mindset been? What behaviors have you been modeling? What skills have you been and talents have you really been reaching for to bring to the surface to lead your team and your extended team through all this? Yeah, no, a great question. I think it's a, a test for us all. Uh, and you know, how do we do this? When I took over CECPs, oh, at least I don't have to run a company anymore and all the <laughs> challenges of those, and this is great. But we have the same challenges and opportunities to work with companies. Yeah, I, I kind of follow a, a kind of a four-part approach that I've, I've taken that seems to have been helpful, and I'm, I'm not perfect at it and need to really work as, as we go through. But and I, I build it under a, a term I call lead, which is first is, is to listen to kind of hear what people are saying, understand, be empathetic where they're coming from. And some of those are one-on-one -on -one calls with people. Some of our, um, are as we go through our entire team to have conversations. Some of them are just reading what's out there, both for our group and, and others. But I think to really listen, understand where people are. Our team has been doing a remarkable job working virtually, but they're also homeschooling their kids right now. They yeah. also have their kids at home. 
we have several people who have uh, their spouses on the front line. So people are dealing, another, as I mentioned earlier, whose husband has tested positive. So these are very real situations that people are, are dealing with. So we need to understand and listen and be flexible as, as we, we go through that. I think the second area is to engage. And that's taking listening to the next phase. Okay, given what we're hearing, how do we do, how do we evolve things so we move forward? There is no playbook for this. And we're getting great suggestions from our team. I mentioned you know, we had one of our people said, well, let's, let's have everybody send selfies and just how they're going. And we've had seen some of our people dancing, not a, not a pretty sight, but it was great <laughs> to see what they're doing um, in their homes. And you know, people in New York in one-bedroom apartments with their spouse and two kids who are online all working you know, through this. But how do we engage with people and how do we come up with solutions that we hadn't seen before? One of the things I'm really, really proud of is uh, Kerry Neefeld Thomas, who's our managing director with our corporate leaders, got together with a number of the other like-minded organizations like CECP, you know, that are sometimes somewhat competitive. And we've talked for years about doing things together. We encourage companies to do it. But as you know, sometimes the nonprofit sector, people aren't that good at working together, right? They Not at all. Nice, but don't. You know it. Uh, they're doing that. So these, this series of conversations, what we call peer group discussions with companies by issue and by industry, it is CCP partnering with other organizations that have these so that we can all share those, bring our companies, many are in both more than one group together. So very powerful ways that we can kind of share and engage so that we can really innovate here is, 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 and collaborate as we, we move forward. The third bucket is alignment. Lots of great ideas out there, but really important for us to say, hey, here are the things we're going to go do. In our case, take care of our employees, go virtual, support our companies, and plan for the future. I mean, those are our four steps. Those things are really critical, and then everybody understands their role. Every single job has changed. Some people are now working even more. Others are needed to be flexible, but every single job across this nation and you know, much of the world has changed. Right. Mm -hmm. Each of our roles has. So but we need to make sure we're aligned on those as we go forward. And then the last area, the, the D, I call it the double D. One is that we need to deliver on what we've said and also develop our skills so that we're more resilient for what's to come. And we're seeing some really, really uh, great efforts on our own team. We're also seeing those by companies. We had one of our people, you know, a couple of years out of school. He started as an intern, worked his way up. He just produced his first ever blog. And it was just so great to see about great quotes that CEOs are making. But each, of, each individual now has a chance within that alignment to kind of step up, reach out, support, and empower our, our, our companies as we go forward. We know the role that we play in this. Ultimately, it's those resources of the companies, their intellectual uh, property, their uh, skills, their credibility, their resources, their talent. That's where we really can unleash that. If we can help to encourage and empower that, you know, that's the role that we can really play on this. That's a wonderful framework you just described. Finally, Daryl, what information are you highlighting on your website that can be of value to listeners uh, during this pandemic? Yeah, one of several things that we have going on, and we're not going to be the ones talking about the health side. There's plenty of experts out oh, there yeah. that, mm -hmm. that can talk about there. Ours is what companies are doing and what they can doing, and that we provide in our, on, on our website, you know, good examples of what companies are doing, how they are partnering and working together that people can take a look at. 
Certainly for our companies, we have a knowledge center that goes even deeper than that as, as, as we go forward, and also providing people updates with the communication, the news that we are seeing. Our role, there is so much news out there. Our role here is how do we curate that information, consolidate it, and then communicate it for companies and for individuals to really see what is, what is happening and going on. At the same time, we're dealing with a lot of phase one issues right now. You know, the, the Maslow's hierarchy, right? How do we make sure people are safe and secure and, and all those? We're also starting to plant the seeds for phase two, which is the recovery, and ultimately a phase three, which is perhaps a, you know, a business at its best in a, in a better world through, through business. And there's also a number of those pieces on there as we, we, we talk as well. Uh, our uh, CEO Investor Forum, because that's going to be another phase we're going to hear about, which is really calling for companies to share their long-term sustainable business plans, focusing on those that should capture how you're going to deal with pandemics and others, rather than just the total focus on the quarterly earnings. So things like that, you can also pick up, see what some of the companies have, have talked about and done as part of their long-term plans. Yeah, you, so were totally prepared, but... you may see some positive Sorry. changes coming out of all of this in terms of the way we operate, because you're absolutely right. We're thinking about the disease right now, but my goodness, the yeah. economic downturn, I saw that uh, they're estimating GDP going down 34%. We're talking about an unemployment rate of maybe 33%. So you're really oh. beginning to prepare for that and getting yeah. your companies to think along those lines. Need to think about those lines. They often have the resources. Certainly, it was great to see both the Democrats and Republicans coming together on a bipartisan stimulus bill that I think can really help. Uh, biggest we've ever had in this country, and it's a great sense of, of you know, red and blue becoming red, white, and blue for a change, mm -hmm. which, which we're very positive about. But also, you know, companies who are going to be provided some support, you know, how are they putting those to good use? And those use uh, need to include all of their stakeholders, their key stakeholders, uh, as we go forward. So I think, and, and we're, we're, we're realistic of what's going on, and it's not going to be perfect, but also optimistic that hopefully we can turn today's lemons into uh, tomorrow's limoncello. <laughs> always improving upon my metaphors, as I said before. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Daryl. You know, it is always such a delight to have you on the program, and I want to express my gratitude to you for taking some time out of your very busy schedule to be with us today and to share this incredible information. Well, and thanks so much, and thanks for having us on. We're, we're always delighted to speak with you, Denver, and the work that you're doing, kind of sharing some of the insights that we can all spread. And yeah, look, we all have to deal with the issues that are the, the cards that have been dealt with us right now. But how do we also begin to kind of plant the seeds here for, a, for, for an even better world? And I think business and the companies that CSP work with can certainly play and must play a key role as we, as we do so. Amen. Stay well, Daryl. And to you. Thanks so much.